2: Well, hello there, everybody. We are back. Welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One, coming out of a memorable UFC 263 event on Saturday in scenic Glendale, Arizona. We have one and still, we have one and new, and we almost had a comeback for the ages. And there's a lot to discuss from a matchmaking perspective, and that is what we're going to do. For the next hour or so, right here, wherever you find your favorite podcast. Before we do that, I am Mike Hack, joining me as always in this venture, the co-host, the co-matchmaker, the best friend, and the Prince of Positivity himself, Mr. Alex Kaylee. How are you, sir? Mike, a
3: belated, uh happy a uh, national best friends day, which I think was earlier this week. And That's I'm sorry right. I didn't I, I didn't message you. Uh this would have been, I think, Tuesday, I believe. Uh, I met I met the, the very next day I thought I'd message you and then I said we have a show. We can bring it up then. So happy uh, again, very belated uh, to my best friend uh, National Best Friends Day, and and to all the best friends out there, and all, all of our best friends listening to this to the show. I consider you. I'm very close to all of you. I I think so. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm. 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 Viva Mexico, Mike. Viva Mexico. <laughs> Holy crap! I know we'll we'll talk about this matchup more, but uh, I, I I was not on any of the post fight video uh, last night. Uh, happy not to be on it. It was a very very long night i did a lot of writing and i was it was is a very it was an excellent night so it all worked out but i did want to say uh obviously of the show for me which i again pretty decent show you know there were some slow parts it's fine but anytime you have a 14 fight card if you're expecting all 14 fights to deliver i mean you're you're going to be disappointed so overall i thought a pretty decent show and boy what a highlight you know if we're going to talk about what the, the biggest storyline we all won we all won, you know. I know you've interviewed Brandon a bunch of times. Uh, everyone, Brandon's always been uh, Moreno has always been very good with the, with the media. We've all interviewed him. Everyone I was messaging last night, all the other reporters were just like, "Oh my God, so happy! This is the nicest guy." And uh, that crowd was, uh, you know, we had Jose and Sean on site. I, I bet they couldn't hear a damn thing because that crowd was on fuego after that uh, that win. And it couldn't it couldn't have been in more impressive fashion. It couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. So. Good energy going into this show, Mike.
2: Yes, um, a couple of things I wanted to touch on. First off, um, every Sunday is Best Friends Day for me, AK. So oh we don't we, we don't need a holiday. Like we're right. it's a holiday do every not, Sunday. Do not make me emotional. Here we have a show to <laughs> Save that for
3: the end. <laughs> yes, we gotta
2: get through this. <laughs> and yeah, I mean Brandon Moreno, unbelievable. I mean, I, it's it's one of those things where. Throughout this pandemic and everything, like, I felt... And I'm sure you felt this way at times, too. Like, I, I felt... I feel pretty blessed that I could just go downstairs into my little office here and, and, and do my job and be able to be a part of these broadcasts and do all these different things without having to get on the road. And there are times where I miss being out on the road. And it's, it's it was cool going to cover another Bellator event and just getting out there and doing the thing again. But even watching, like, some of these UFC shows... There's been like very few over the years where I'm just like, man, I wish I was there. Like, but last night, seeing Moreno, that moment, and the relationship that I've kind of built with him over the years, man, I wish I was in that building. Like that. That's one of those ones where I was like, wow. Like, just imagine being there. Like, FOMO was at, FOMO was at all time highs last night, man. I don't know how you felt.
3: There is uh, I, I mean, I, I'm an introvert and and uh, and a bit of an agoraphobe, so I never want to go anywhere. But I understand. I understand the sentiment that you're saying. Yeah, and for sure, like I said, I, I've got to interview Brandon a couple of times. Each time it was just, it, you know, it's just such a pleasure. And there's just such a genuine quality about him. Um, I'm not saying that's, that other fighters aren't like that, but there's a genuine quality about him. There's a positivity about him, which, as you know, they call me the Prince of Positivity. I'm 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 nothing uh, in that regard compared to Brandon Moreno. This guy is just a ball a ball of light. Uh, and his story, being by the you see. I mean that's crazy, you know. And then, and then, fortunately, I think was always, you know, wasn't ever ever far off their radar. Wins one fight and comes back, and battles his way back. Uh, gives us one of the fights of the year in 2020, and now one of the best performances of of uh, 2021. I don't know if there'll be a better championship performance this year. Uh, that. Yeah, that's you can't honestly. You could write a book. I'm sure someone will write a book about this guy someday. It's just it's an awesome story.
2: Yeah, I so said that was gonna be the fight of the weekend. It was definitely it was by far Ooh. the moment of the weekend, and maybe it, it it's on the short list for moment of the year. It's a moment of the year right now in MMA, and if somebody thump, something beats it, then I'm gonna be crying like a baby in a big time <laughs> way because that was amazing. But it's time to match make. We'll be talking about the new champion in a matter of moments. But let's knock out. The easiest piece of business right off the bat, Israel Adesanya goes out there and completely dominates Marvin Vittori. There was a moment where Vittori took Adesanya's back, and for maybe a second and a half, two seconds, I was like, oh man, could, could this really happen? Like, Is Marvin Vittori going to pull off, in my own mind, a ridiculously massive upset, but wasn't to be as he gets out of it, and this is one way traffic from start to finish. Kudos to Marvin Vittori for his durability. He took a beating on Saturday and his facial expression didn't change once. Even when he got poked in the eye. His face didn't even change. He wasn't even wincing. He didn't even like blink his eye or anything. He was just like, I got poked in the eye. To the point where people thought like even they even they even said it on the broadcast, Marvin's just trying to buy some time to Pulling a veteran move, so to speak, so he could catch his breath. And then you saw the replay and Izzy's finger was like halfway into his eyeball. So Vittori's a tough dude. I give him all the credit. But Izzy goes up there, wins, causes a shot. Perfect call out, Absolutely correct. Robert Whitaker. There is just no way this is not the fight,
3: right? No, I mean, look, the, ti- the timing worked out uh, exactly as Whitaker would have wanted it to. You know, uh, uh, Adesanya's team said, uh, Adesanya's team kind of joked about Whitaker not wanting to take the fight, and even they said later, like, ah, we don't know now, we just we just knew he wasn't available, so we're gonna take some shots at him. We knew the, we knew the fight wasn't gonna happen anyway. Uh, they so they knew, uh, you know, when Vittori stepped up, they were like, yeah, of course, we'll take, we'll fight Vittori. So um, yeah, Whitaker said he wanted to take time off. He's wanted this rematch for a while. It, it it's we assume whenever it, uh, uh Adesanya's ready to fight again, it'll probably be around the same time Whitaker is too. It's a perfect fight to make. Hopefully, it can happen. Some either in New Zealand or in Australia, uh, fingers crossed. But again, we, you know, there's all this uh, COVID situations to deal with, of course. But, um, again, we we've talked about this before. We think it could be possible if they loaded up the card strictly with fighters from the oceanic region, that would probably make things a lot easier. Um, and I've, I've always said, don't even worry about making it a 10 12 fight card. If it ends up being like a six fight card, I know that's a tough pay-per-view to sell. I know you want to have five main card fights and at least like four or five preliminaries, but this is a one this would be a one fight card okay and it's and again you're doing it really for the fans of that region i think you can't go wrong if you try and make that fight i'll play uh you know not double advocate whatever you throw out some possibilities out there if for some reason whitaker is not ready to compete uriah hall sean strickland winner july 31st sure i'd love to see one of those guys get a title fight again i think it'd be after the whitaker fight but this is again. This is just in case it can't happen. Uh, Jared Cannonier, if he beats Calvin Gastelum, uh August 21st, fresh matchup, again, just just sort of a mandatory challenger situation. And I thought, is there a chance that uh, Adesanya flirts with light heavyweight again? Not going right after the title right away, uh, and I, I this probably wouldn't be next either. But like, uh, kind of like Anderson Silva did during his uh, middleweight title run. Now he was he was in quite a bit deeper into his title def- uh, run of title defenses before he went up to fight the the immortal James Irvin at (laughs) uh, at 205 Sandman Uh, so it would be a very different situation but for me it's like that's the mistake I think with with, uh, guys going up and to go for second titles now is we don't give them that fun warm up we don't necessarily have to I I understand that but it'd be cool like I I was thinking like Adesanya versus like Ike Villanueva like Marcin Pracniao Clinton Abreu like you literally just throw him in there with someone at 205 who he's going to just pummel and destroy, and then eventually, you know, you would have talked about a fight with Blachowicz. Now, I don't know if that fight ever happens again. But I'm just saying, if for some reason all these other middleweight options don't work out over the next six months, I'll him. I'll go up to 205 and just beat up some, uh, with with respect, jobber.
2: Yeah, well, it was – I mean, it's definitely Whitaker. It's not about it. Um, I feel like – let me ask you Do you feel like – remember where we were last year at this time? Anytime Mm -hmm. Israel Adesanya was mentioned, who was he mentioned with? There was one name he was mentioned with every single time. It was the illustrious John Jones. Not one mention of John, not one question from the media. Is the door officially closed on any Jones-Adesanya fight in the future? Or do you still feel like there's a day we could see that fight? Now that you've said it, now I feel like we're doing exactly what Dana White wanted.
3: You know, Dana White, I think, is banking on... Jones sort of fading from the public conscious. He's never going to go away completely, but as far as you know, when it comes to negotiating this a big fight, I think Dana White knows that he and the UFC can wait John Jones out. Uh, meanwhile, John Jones, every month that goes by, that's another month of his prime that's kind of just whittling away. And again, if John John Jones is comfortable with that, he certainly has enough money to do that. Uh, that a lot, you know, that's a luxury a lot of fighters don't have. That's great. But it is funny that you mentioned that, that uh, there hasn't been questions about this Jones Adesanya thing, because you're right. It, it, not too long ago, it's all we were talking about. We must have written 20 articles about it, some variation uh, about that storyline on MMAfighting.com. Uh, and now now it's now it's nothing. I do think we see that fight someday, but it'll, and now we're talking way down the road. We're talking way down the road um, after Jones finishes his business heavyweight. I don't want to see Adesanya go up to heavyweight. I know he said he would. I just think that would be a silly thing to do. I think uh, Jones can still make 205 sometime in the future. And by future guys, by the way, I'm talking 2020, like three. Um, and I do think we see this fight someday. I'm optimistic. It's a fight I'll, I'll always want to see, no matter what. The guys could both be on three fight losing streaks someday. I'll still want to see it. So I do think someday, yeah, that's a pretty broad range. I think it happens.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be talking to Brandon Gibson this past week. I don't, I don't see a world where John Jones gets back to 205. Oh, I just, I just. I mean maybe, like if the money's right and they they pull like a Rock John Cena WrestleMania thing where they're like, <laughs> This time next year we'll do it and then Jones just spends his entire year trying to get back to two oh five, but he's th- he's like two forty five right now. Like and in shape. That's that's a lot of muscle you have to like burn away and yeah, I kinda I I just don't know if it happens and Jones feels like at this point in his career heavyweight's like where he needs to be being in his, like, early to mid-30s, but that's I don't honestly... Need, I, don't, I don't
3: need to see a tubby Izzy going up and fighting him. I don't want
2: that. <laughs> no. No. I don't want it. 205 Izzy was, was too small. I didn't even want to see that. I, this apartment doesn't even want to see that at 205 at this point because yeah. Jones is a beast, man. He's super strong, and I don't know. I just... I like Izzy at 185. I, I, I don't know. We'll see what happens when he gets uh, a little bit older. Maybe his his muscle mass will build a little bit more, but that's out of Sonya. On the flip side, we have Martin Vittori, who goes the distance, took a ton of punishment. I think he thought he legitimately won the fight, which is insane. No. But also smart. And if he really feels that way, he needs to go all in on this. He should be putting out martinvittori.com and selling 2-0 t-shirts. He should be screaming 2-0 from the rooftops. Sell the crap out of this gimmick. It won't get him back to a title fight anytime soon, but at least, like, it keeps his name out there. And in my opinion, I know a cliche adjective describing some of these fights over the last year, 18 months, was a crossroads fight. And it's not to the level of, like, a Tony Ferguson, but this was, like, a legit crossroads fight for Marvin Vittori. Either his life was going to change, and he was going to be the champion, or, Or he was going to drop way back in the rankings. And unfortunately for him, it is the latter. So you mentioned this fight earlier. I think best case scenario, he gets the winner of Uriah Hall versus Sean Strickland on July 31st. But he might even have to go back further than that. I think honestly, Hall Strickland winner is the best case scenario for him. What do you think?
3: I want to see him fight Paulo Costa
2: i want to see him fight paulo costa
3: now of course a is currently embroiled is the the latest fighter to become embroiled in a uh, contract dispute with the ufc so i understand he may become uh, he may end up on the onto the next one banned list soon you know it could be this depending how i think i mean dino has already responded depends how much further this war of words escalates i i i think at some point business will be done i think um you know Costa has somewhat of a reasonable complaint of course saying look if I'm going to main event a card I want more money he's not the first fighter to say it he won't be the last I'm sure uh, but at some point I do think he's going to bite the bullet and take a fight I'd lo- I, I would just love to see him fight Vittori I think there's a lot of attitude there I think it's sort of the uh, you know the, the uh, Israel Adesanya championship fight runner up battle I think if you, it be—it does—it keeps both guys in the title picture definitely uh, you know like you said Vittori fell far he beat Costa I don't know. Keeps him in there. I, I, I'm not sure how eager the UFC will be to build up uh, a third Vittori fight. Should he beat Costa, and then beat somebody else, um, as you said. But hey, if he if he leans into this conspiracy theory thing, questions the judges, doesn't you know doesn't appeal. How uh, could it How could it be fifty forty five? I want at least I want at least two of those rounds, which uh, I would disagree with. Then then it's a possibility but either way for me not even just ignoring contenders uh, stakes. I think it's a fun fight I just it's a fun fight It'd be filled with some very enjoyable if occasionally awkward trash talk I think both guys would probably try a little too hard at some point go way too far uh, And regardless of of what happens, it would be hilarious for us. So uh, I'll go Vittorio and Costa
2: Yeah Maybe I don't know. I, I, I think I think Vittorio is like completely out of the title picture more likely he just if anyone
3: falls out of one of these upcoming fights you mentioned hall strickland Cannoneer near he jumps in i think i think he jumps in i don't think he was i don't i'd be surprised if he was too badly hurt from this fight i like i don't think we're seeing a six month suspension um so i think i think he stays ready i actually think he'll be right re- he does want he'll probably want to fight again real soon uh, and uh fingers crossed nothing happens to those fights but if it does i think vittori jumps right in
2: yeah i, I think vittori is like a great heel a tremendous heel. I liked how he walked out to the uh, <laughs> the Modelo theme. I know it's not the Mandelo well, theme. I know Sean Shine is gonna be all upset. Yeah, I know. I, I said that for a reason, but it. Go ahead.
3: Enyo, Okay, fine. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm I'm pronouncing. This. I, I, of course, I know who Enyo Morricone. Morricone. I'm just I'm over pronouncing now. Enyo Morricone. Of course, I know who he is. All those classic spaghetti westerns. Uh, I'm not. I'm not like a, 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 you know deep into his music, but I, I know all the you know most of the big ones. I. I if you're a UFC fighter and you come out to a song that's been used as the Modello theme for commercials featuring UFC fighters, we're going to make Modello jokes, all right? We're going to make Modello jokes. That's not on us, all right? A lot of us in the media did it. A lot of other, these cool, oh, these cool guys, like, oh, MMA fighting's Damon Martin. And he's, like, <laughs> typing out, the, he's typing out like, the, the Italian name of the song uh, and then and then saying, oh, and by the way, this song's called whatever, Field of Gold or Field of whatever. Uh, and then you know, trying to make us all like feel bad. Okay, guys, you guys are cool. You guys are cool. Guess what? It's the Modello song. It's the Modello song. I'm sorry. You know, we all—that's what we all know it as now. Uh, so, of course, respect to the great Ennio Morricone. But uh, yeah, and listen,
2: listen. I, I I understand you want to take that like hipster stance and be like, I know the <laughs> actual song. But anyone who said that's the Medellin song was not wrong. Nobody was incorrect. You were all right in your own different ways. You want to. Show off your musical knowledge in, in, in such a vast variety. Good for you. But it's still a modella theme. And by the way, I'm glad you mentioned that. Let me just say one thing to you, Centrum Vitamins. <laughs> oh, my God. Pick my, another no. song. Pick another song. I'm sitting there doing some work, watching the broadcast at ESPN Plus, And all of a sudden, I'm like, that song sounds very familiar in the background of the Centrum gummy vitamin commercial. It's the On to the Next One theme song. In the background, I'm like gimmick infringement gimmick infringement uh
3: centrum listen i just want to say i am in canada we did not get that ad up here uh this beef is strictly between you and mike i i don't mike don't get me involved in this i, I have no i have no problem with centrum i did not see this commercial i am glad you're defending the honor of our show but i, I, I don't please don't get me involved in this
2: please yes don't be mad centrum you know <laughs> Don't be sitting in the corner eating that peanut butter and jelly. You know what I mean. Don't be don't be jelly. Oh, to the next one, trying to steal oh. our theme song, trying to try, try, trying to build upon the hard work, the sacrifices, the dedication that we put into this show each and every week. How dare you? All right, Mike, settle down, settle down. Come on. All come kidding on. aside, let's. Okay. All please. right, I'm, ge- I'm getting am l- getting a little riled up. I'm getting a little back riled to up. The positivity. Back, I'm
3: l- back to the positivity.
2: Yes, and
0: the NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook
1: Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler. Or in West Virginia, visit 1 800Gambler.net. In New York, call 877 8 Y or text HOPENY 467 369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit CCPG.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See slash ball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible
2: gaming resources. Serenity now. Brandon Moreno. Okay, yes. I feel better now. Brandon Moreno, the new UFC flyweight champion. We just sung his praises at the top of the show. Again, feel-good story. Just tugs at your heartstrings. He just goes out there and dominates and then submits Davison Figueiredo. He's the man. Wow. Congratulations to him. What a moment. He accomplishes his goal. He accomplishes his dream. Where does this guy go? I mean, it seems if we're going next man up, we got a guy ready to go in Askar Askarov. However, AK, something tells me you are not ready to give Mr. Askarov a title shot based on the man I know. My best friend would probably not give Askar Askarov the title fight, and I think you know why.
3: No, I, I, I actually, I mean, I think that is the logical pick. I like the Askarov or... Uh, took to Twitter right away, right after. It's got a picture of him uh uh slamming, you know, slamming Moreno. Uh so that yeah, he too, if anyone if not anyone in Askarov tweeted it's like we got like, unfinished business. They fought to a split draw, you know, and that was Moreno's first fight in his uh his return to the UFC. I think a lot of people thought uh Moreno won. Let me take a quick glance at uh MMA decision.
2: I thought he I thought he won. I thought Moreno won that fight. So I, I understand why people would, would would have a gripe with the decision there
3: yeah i remember being a good fight so on mma decisions we have about uh, a quick read here 12 uh, 13 media scores and 12 of them had it either 30 27 moreno uh or 28 29 28 moreno uh, and our boy our buddy drake riggs with a 29 27 for moreno only uh br had it 29 28 so uh me certainly saw for uh for uh moreno and it was only a tie because sal D'Amato gave uh, uh Askarov a 10-8 third round so i'd have to watch that fight again i don't remember if it's insane i do remember it's insane okay I ha- i'll have to watch the fight again but i do I remember it was a competitive fight but 10-8 by sal D'Amato made it a draw um oh sorry 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 i just said junichiro kamijo 29 28 askrov vladimir puga 30-27, Moreno. So scores all over the place. Definitely one we want to see again. And Askarov has also, I think, been unbeaten since that. Uh, pretty sure he's been unbeaten since that first meeting. So yeah, I I don't have any problem with it. Now uh, I'm not sure what you, Mike. What, what were you alluding to? Where did you think my head was going?
2: Um, I didn't. I don't. I didn't know where I thought your head was going in terms of a matchup because I think Askarov is the answer to this question. Um, but you are. You have been a guy who has been. Very vocal about not rewarding fighters, even coming off of a win despite the streak you're on. Oh. After you miss weight And Askar I he did weighed in at 127 pounds yes. for his decision win over Joseph Benavides in March at UFC 259. Completely forgot. I completely forgot he missed weight. Mm. So what do we do now? So, well, the <laughs> uh, well, well, the Manel
3: <laughs> Stop it. So the obvious answer, and but I didn't think I think this is I just don't think the timing lines up. August twenty-first, Alexandre Pantoja and Brandon Royval are fighting. Now Pantoja is kind of the boogeyman of Brandon Moreno's life. He beat him on the Ultimate Fighter, he beat him in the UFC. They rematched the UFC. He beat him again. This is a fight that Moreno, I had to say, needs certainly wants. But one man, if he beat Pantoja, that's a huge like part of his legacy. Because again, this is a guy who has beaten him twice. Uh, Again, one official fight, one exhibition bout, but essentially beating him two fights. So uh, if Roy Val beats Pantoja, I don't know if I'd be that, if I throw him in there with uh, with Moreno again. But Pantoja, definitely. Pantoja definitely is, uh, if I'm him, uh, and we'll probably talk about this on the 21st uh, or August 22nd episode of, of the, uh, on to the next one. Um, to, uh, he has to wait. If he beats uh, Roy Val, he's got to wait for that Moreno matchup. He's done everything he can to earn it. He's one of the best flyweights in the world. And, and I think a lot of people would, would uh, think he has a good chance to beat Moreno again. How can you not think that after he's beaten him twice already? So that that is the other option. But that's August 21st. The timing is – I don't know if it's going to
2: work out. Yeah, it's it's tough. But, yeah, I think Asgraf will end up getting it. Um, mm-hmm. My cons- He actually did – Askarov did make 125 on the nose when he fought Moreno the first time, so mm, okay. maybe there's something about that that rivalry. And there's unanswered questions there, so I would like to see that fight again. I did think I, I did think it was a clear-cut win for Moreno, but it is what it is. But another option that is in this mix, I know, I know Moreno at the, press, at the press conference talked about maybe Cody Garbrandt, um, and another option is, is Davis and Figueroa, because if the UFC wanted to, they could run this right back since most people felt Figgy won the first fight outside of the point getting taken away and mm-hmm. it's hard to argue that fact like you, 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 you take the point away we don't even see this moment we don't even see this fight on Saturday but Figueredo said either way give me four months and I'm ready to get back in there so what do we do? does he still have a future at 125 or do you think his next fight is up at he? where do you think he goes from here?
3: You know, I downplayed the weigh-in issues he had a lot uh, in in, uh, any talks I had before before, uh, Saturday's card. And I still don't want to blame it entirely on that, but it's inarguable that he did not look his best. Part of me was wondering, was he just conserving energy because of kind of how the first fight went in the fifth round? Both guys were a little lackadaisical. Maybe he thought, well, if I conserve energy early, then if I'm in that same scenario, if we both end up in that same scenario uh, in the fifth round this time, I'll have that extra gear. Maybe he won't, and I can push through and get a finish. No judges needed. But uh, it, it has to also be more than that. So it's probably some combination of these things. So for people who just – who a quick refresher, he came in 30 seconds before the official weigh-in window on friday morning which is extremely extremely problematic he didn't look great uh he was crying afterwards if you, you can find that on uh, the last episode uh, of ufc 263 embedded he was like he was literally hugging like Walid ishmael and going like i'm gonna cry like i'm just i'm so and i'm he could even cry because he probably had no water left he probably felt like he wanted to cry and he would have just cried dust um so i do think at some point he goes up to 135 i don't know if that's what's next for him um, but you're right that it could be considered one apiece. Uh, for anyone wondering, there was the was groin strike point deduction. Otherwise, the cards would have been I think 49-46 and two 48-47s for Figueroa. So it would have been a unanimous decision if it wasn't for the groin strike. The groin strike may have also affected Moreno's performance, but whatever. So, uh, but it was a little too definitive, and Moreno even mentioned that. So I think we need to move. On. i am a to Figueroa stays. And 125 and if so uh highest ranking guy I think that makes sense for him Kai Carr friends
2: Kai Carr friends That's what I
3: landed on After all that that's what I landed on Mike
2: Yeah I I'll, I'll tell you what I think I think my answer or or my selection answers a lot of questions and I think it makes everybody happy okay because there was a fight booked last year that was met with sort of mixed reviews When it was booked, I know I was totally against it at first because of where Moreno's at, because of what Figueredo was doing as champion, with where this division was going. And I feel like after what happened on Saturday, this fight makes all the sense in the world now, and it makes way more sense than it did last year. Now we can do Figgy Smalls versus Cody Garbrandt. Like, if Cody wants to make the move to 125, you fight Figgy Smalls, you beat Figgy Smalls, you got your title shot. You get no arguments from me. And, yeah, I, I, I feel I didn't... I understood why they tried to make this fight last year. Like, you wanted to give the division a little bit of a boost. Garbrandt had a name. I think the storyline is much more fascinating now Now that Figueiredo's not the champion. This could be a headline fight, and if Cody Garbrandt goes out there and beats Davis at Figueiredo, he gets a title shot, and there's no moaning and groaning about it. It's like, damn, give this get this dude in there with Moreno. So... That's the fight I would make. Like If if Cody really wants to go down to 125, which I think at this point in his career, if he wants any chance to fight for a belt, he's going to have to go down to 125. Do it. Do this fight. Four months he, he needs? So What's that? October? October, November? There you go. There's a fight night main event right there for you, AK.
3: But how do you like Figueredo going up to 135 to fight him in a fight that would not have immediate title implications?
2: It just makes no sense. I mean, it, you could. I mean, just, just it's, it's just a fight at 135. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's yeah. not, it's not like Kelleher taking a fight on two weeks' notice against another Bantamweight at 145. Like this is, there's actual implications here. Like if Figgy wants to get back to a title shot, you beat Cody, you got a good chance of doing that. Cody wants to fight for a belt ever again, that's the fight you have to take. Like I just, I don't think Cody's name value merits him a title shot right now. I think he has to go down there and get a win first. I think that's clear as day. And, yeah, go fight Figgy now. Makes, makes sense. And if you win, you get your title shot. Because you ain't getting one at 135 anytime soon. Unless you run off 10 straight wins, you're not getting a title shot at Bantamweight. It's just not happening.
3: That'd be a hell of a way in to look forward to, though. Uh, Figueredo and uh, Garbrandt at 125, or I guess 126, I should say, for, uh, for a non-title fight. Oh, man, I don't know.
2: I'd be so nervous for both guys. All right, maybe that's a pay-per-view fight just so we could do the live stream and we get AK's reaction. Oh, the, You love the drama, my man. You love it.
3: I, no, I want no drama <laughs> on Land Day.
2: <laughs> but, yeah, so that that's what I would do. Let us head to Leon Edwards, AK, who for hmm. t- 23 minutes on Saturday looked like an absolute world beater. He looked like the guy who came into this fight as nearly a 6-1 to favorite. And let me... Before I make my selection, let me reiterate what I've said a few times in this past week. Unless Rocky knocked Nate out in the first minute of this fight, and I hate to tell you guys this, there was no way. No way he was jumping the queue. There's no way he was leapfrogging Colby. It just wasn't happening. His best case scenario is that they can't come to terms with Colby. But I think that will ultimately get done. I think we will see Usman Covington too at some point. Next in 2021. So to me, Leon Edwards's next fight should be for the belts. He's like in a Carla Esparza spot right now where his, ne- he, his next fight should be a title fight. But if that's what it ends up being, he's going to have to wait a pretty significant amount of time before that can happen. So he's going to have to wait for Usman Covington to play out. Right now, we're probably looking October, November at the earliest because we're seeing how these cards are building up. But he could sit and wait, or if the UFC, here's the other option. I mentioned this in the, on, the, on the People's Pre-Fight Show. If the UFC is, in fact, going to London, and he just wants to get in there and fight in front of his home people, he could get on that card, whenever it happens, he could fight anybody. And it makes sense. You get another win, you get some more money, and then you just kind of wait. You know what I mean? Like, if they could somehow book Edwards versus Mazdal and do it in London, that would be sick. Like, that'd be the best thing. That's the best-case scenario. Leon's probably a massive favorite in that fight. He gets a good payday, wins. He can call himself the BMF champion and then go fight the winner for the belt. I think that's the best thing he can do for himself, his career, his family. Get not one big payday. It's a risk because Maslow's a dangerous guy, but now you get two big paydays and a title shot to boot and you get to fight in front of your home fans. So, that's... that. That's the best thing that can happen to him at this point but I don't know man he's in, a, he's in an interesting spot it's either you wait a, you wait maybe a year to fight for the belt which I don't think he wants to do sit on the sidelines that long again or try to get yourself on a London card and hope you can get Mazadal.
3: I have trumpeted wanting to see that Edwards Mazadal fight forever I, I and I'm glad you know again and I, and I love the idea if that were to happen if that snare were to play out Edwards Masvidal in London, perfect, beautiful, beautiful. That's 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 money. That's printing money right there. But I am, I I am waving my magic, matchmaker wand here. Give Edwards the friggin title shot. Just do it. I know. Look, I'm not, I'm not dealing in reality here. I understand the covington Uzman rematch. But what are we doing? Like you dropped a lot of truth bombs. Let me say something. You dropped a lot of truth bombs there. Uh, I hate it, and which I hate it. You had to do it. I understand. You are a respected journalist. You cannot lie to America. You are just painting the picture that is in front of us. I hate I hate that Covington is ahead of him. I hate that. I said this sort of jokingly to Sean uh, last night uh, uh, on Saturday. I said, is Nate Diaz now closer to a welterweight title shot than Leon Edwards is just based on that last moment? And like in the eyes of the fans, yes. In the eyes of the fans, they didn't th- – those first four very effective rounds of mixed martial arts technique – by Leon Edwards mean nothing to so many like so many fans out there who just want to see you know like you said that first round finish that Edwards needed, and it didn't come. So when so when Diaz instead almost puts him away in the last two minutes of the fight, it just turns everything around. And for me, that's insane. Wins and losses have to matter. I understand there he could he, he could have finished stronger. I understand Leon Edwards's fights are not always pretty. I I, I completely get it. He's won. He's undefeated in ten straight, ignoring the no contest. Won nine straight fights. How do you not? He, he deserves the title shot. He deserves a title shot. I'm sorry. I, I'm not saying it's going to sell better than any of these other matchups we mentioned. He, it's a dirty word in combat sports, and I don't care. He deserves it. He deserves it. If I'm booking it, it's Edwards versus Usman 2 next. Uh, uh, that's that's it. That's for that's that's I've, I've decided.
2: Yeah, Nate Diaz was, like, a wedding DJ. And what I mean by that is everyone comes for, like, the bride and groom, but everyone comes for the party. And the DJ could be good, they could be bad, they could start off awful. But if they play, like, three straight bangers at the end of the night, everyone forgets about the rest of the night. Like, you, people could be sitting there and be like, dude, you are awful. But if you play Don't Stop Believin' at the end of the night and everyone's out there and they're taking video, like... No one, everyone forgets the rest of the night. And that's exactly what Nate Diaz did on Saturday. The last couple of minutes, ridiculous, super fun, had Leon in big trouble. Like, this wasn't like a Joe Rogan. He heard him, like, the the, the cliched, he heard him. This was like legit, Leon was on jello legs and... I was sitting on the edge of my seat. I was on my feet pacing around. I'm like, could this really happen right now? Could Nate Diaz knock out Leon Edwards and win this fight and then fight for the title? Because guess what? If Nate had done that, he would've he would have jumped Colby. He would have jumped the queue and fought for the belt next, which is insane to think about. Well, we just talked about Leon who has this incredible streak and he's gonna be the odd man out, but what an incredible turn of events that would have been. But let's be clear, Leon did whatever he wanted to do for twenty-three <laughs> yes. minutes. Like he yes. busted Nate up. Anything he wanted to do, he did and did it easily. But the thing about Nate, and you sort of alluded to this, everybody will be talking about those last two minutes. All week long, like when we talk about that fight on Between the Links, we are leading with the last two minutes of that fight because that's just the way that it is. Those two minutes were way more impactful than the first twenty-three minutes of the fight, which is insane. That just shows you how 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 much popular Nate Diaz is. It's so insane. So, despite getting thoroughly dominated, his stock rises even more, which is insane. So, Mike, he,
3: Mike, he hit him with the he hit him with the, the Don't Stop Believing. He did. Uh, Forever Young, I think, we might have been in there.
2: Uh, <laughs> this is this is uh, this is Uptown Shown. Funk. This is Shout. Uh, uh, oh, <laughs> this is just shook me
3: all night long. He played uh, all the a little, hits. A little, you shook me all night long. Just just to just to cap it off. Are you describing your own DJing style, Mike? Be honest, or are you more consistent? Are you are you all killer from from beginning to end?
2: I I take it very personally when people don't dance. So I I, I go out there. I'm I'm like the Brandon Moreno of, of wedding DJs. I go out there yeah. and try to put on a show every time. Yeah. Um, so two two part question here, because this is a matchmaking show, one, what do we do with okay. Nate Diaz, and two, oh. the even more important question for you personally, because we talked about this fight on between the links during the fiftieth episode gauntlet, you said, and i, I, I let me I'm sort of paraphrasing here, Nate is a tremendous b side, not an oh. a side he's a tremendous b side yes, do you still agree with that you do you feel like Nate? Is still just a great B side. You don't think he's an A side. You don't think he has a seat at the at the adult table right now.
3: He was the uh, he was not even the co main event of this card. Now it was now okay. He was supposed to be the co main event of UFC two sixty two. I admit it. I admit it. Uh, so that's a bit and that was a big position to be in uh, in in Houston. But he, the, he's not the he's not even the main event of these cards. I, I understand he can't be because of the uh, unless you're Conor McGregor, uh, you know the UFC. Will not, will just not put a non, um, non title, uh, sorry, will not put a non, non title fight. Oh gosh, I've, my words are, I've forgotten how to use words. <laughs> they, they always have to, they feel like they always have to put a title fight in the main event of a pay per view. I, I understand that. Uh, so that's why Diaz can't be. So uh, the real question is theoretically, if that wasn't the case, would we see Diaz main eventing more pay per views? <sighs> I think he'd get one in there. Yeah. I think he might get one a year, you know, I, I, and I'll, I'll admit that. I'll admit that. I think he still, in most of those cases, would be paired up with either someone of equal – it's hard to say popularity because he's so damn popular – equal uh, success, at least maybe someone on a win streak, someone who is, you know, higher higher up in the rankings. Let me put it that way. Um, so that kind of is going to inform – I don't know if you want me to move on to this part, Mike. It's going to inform the pick that I've made for him. Yeah. Go – yeah. For sure. I – I, I went – the fact that he took the Edwards fight really opened up a lot of things for me. That's a fight I think a lot of us thought he was never going to take. And I, and I kind of like what he said about it. He's just like, why would I, I – he's like, look, I sign up to fight the best. I've always signed up to fight the best, uh, which is somewhat true. I mean I, 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 he's been picky with opponents, but he's always usually landed on someone pretty good. So I'm pretty high up in the rankings. So that tells me he's willing to take fights again with guys who aren't necessarily super popular, certainly not as popular as him. Like we said, Leon Edwards doesn't have a fraction – of the mainstream popularity that Nate Diaz has. Um, so I like, so I think he'd be open to fighting Vicente Luque. I think this is a fight I've mentioned before. I think, oh, and I well, I had to because Luque called for it after UFC 260. A lot of people were saying what a waste of a call out. That fight will never happen. I don't know. I'm glad Luque did it. I'm glad he put it out there in the universe. I see no reason why why it can happen. Uh, I think Diaz would think, it's, would know it's a fun fight. It's a fight, another fight he could win. I'd probably pick Luque, but this is a guy who's going to get wild sometimes and may produce some some super fun <laughs> brawling moments. So, uh, And there's there's a there's a fight night main event if there ever was one. So, uh, or, or a pay-per-view call main, maybe another five-rounder for Diaz. So, uh, yeah, I, I like the idea of Diaz-Luque. This might be me waving my wand again, but that's the direction I went in.
2: I'm going to say something that might blow your mind right now, AK. This might be the hottest of hot takes. I'm bracing myself. Nate Diaz, in my opinion, last night officially took a step. And he I am anointing Nate Diaz, the most valuable fighter in the UFC right now. And what I mean by that is Nate just being there makes everything better and he he gives the rub to everybody he's involved with. And win or lose, it makes no difference. Nate wins every time. But so does the guy he fights. Like I understand Leon I understand Leon is not going to be talked about as much because of those last two minutes but Leon still gets the win and I think when people really think about it, like if you look at Leon Edwards resume like six months from now, if you go on Tapology and you're writing articles about Nate Diaz's next fight or Leon Edwards' next fight, Nate Diaz is going to be on his resume and Nate win or lose always has a rising stock and he helps put over the other guy, that guy's stock will also rise. Like look at Jorge Mazdal like that was one way traffic One-way traffic. That fight was not close at all. Mm Mazadal becomes this BMF champion, fights for the title, and Nate Stock didn't drop an iota, even though he got thoroughly crushed that entire fight. There was the the, the blood and the the weird stoppage, but let's be clear, that fight wasn't getting any better. It was only going to get worse for Nate. And Nate somehow still comes out of that fight looking like roses. He gets pieced up. Like, the images of Nate Diaz throughout that fight just blood everywhere he looked like a as joe rogan said he looked like a horror movie outclassed mike mike outclassed. he was just about to turn he was just about
3: to turn around before that those damn cage that damn new york commission they don't know what they're doing how could they stop that fight he was just about to turn around
2: i think nate is so valuable he is worth the money <laughs> not just be most valuable he's the most, most valuable fighter in the ufc right now because he's not making connor money like Connor's stock will rise and fall, rise and fall. And if he loses to Dustin, like the sizzle behind Connor can starts to fade a little bit more. But Nate, people like don't care. They don't care if he wins. They don't care if he loses. No matter what, Nate comes out as a star. That's just who he is. And the guy he fights, the, the guy who beats him, gets the rub. And Nate knows that. Like he doesn't care about wins or losses. None of that matters. And that's what makes him so valuable. Just pay the man what he wants. Let him fight. He's going to get you a potential next star. At least somebody who's going to be more popular than they were before. Leon takes a step forward no matter what. Like More people know who Leon Edwards is now than they did heading into this fight. And that's what makes Nate so valuable. I'm not saying he's the best fighter in the world. Far from it. But in terms of like investment and value and what he does for that promotion and the guys he steps in that octagon with, there might not be anybody better than Nate Diaz right now. You know...
3: They always say uh, the Diaz brothers don't lose fights. They just run out of time. Uh, I don't remember who coined that, but I love that quote. And I'm just looking at ever since – so his fight with RDA, probably the last time he would – well, not the last time, but but probably a fight nobody really talks about because he was just clearly handled. I mean, RDA just just dominated him. Since then, he had – he bounced back from that with the win over Michael Johnson, which is like one of his most entertaining performances ever. Of course, the Conor McGregor win, uh, his, his, his probably most famous win ever. Uh, the majority draw uh sorry the majority decision lost to mcgregor which a lot of fans will uh, i mean I, I learned a lot of people called a robbery i don't think it was but it went the distance diaz had him badly hurt during the fight uh so there was a lot of like oh diaz you know a lot of diaz fans could still be like nah nah he won he won two and oh two and oh versus mcgregor he beats pettis masvidal cut stoppage again we know that that fight was not going anywhere good for diaz but i remember i think diaz tweeted like shortly after like uh, like a moment when he was like one of the rare moments he was above masvidal on the ground or something and he was just like this is when the fight was about to turn around and then the the fight got stopped (laughs) but it was right and then and then like if you're a fan of it you're like yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and then now we have the leon edwards fight where right at the end he had the most damaging sequence of the fight he almost knocked him out so that's six straight fights where he either won or if you're a fan of diaz and a supporter you're like did he did he really lose though but did he lose that fight and that's amazing like that is that that or like you said He has his aura already, but the way his fights go somehow perfectly feed into that aura, that existing aura, and only make it, like, bigger.
2: He gets a post-fight interview. Poor Marvin Vittori waiting around for Joe Rogan to interview him after the fight. (laughs) I wanted to hear from Marvin so badly because I wanted him to say, like, dude, I got screwed. I got robbed, and I would have, like, ate it all up. But Nate gets the post-fight interview. Nate gets the post-fight press conference. The man, he's so valuable right now like it'll be this way forever like Nate can lose 27 fights in a row and it'll never change and that's why I feel he's so valuable in that sense from a business perspective now he's not like the MVP of the UFC but he's the most value he's probably the most valuable fighter on that roster right now with what he can do for himself for the company and for anyone who fights him I'm tweeting this this
3: is part of the on to the the next one tweet on Monday I hope you know this um did you see my tweet where I said, "Is he becoming Benicio del Toro from uh, The Usual Suspects? Is he becoming Freddie Fenster from?" I mean, he kind of always has been, but I think I just haven't heard him talk so much in a while. He he was talking a lot during Media Week. He was pretty open with the media. Uh, he was part of Embedded, so we got a lot of Diaz uh, uh, interviews and talk this week. It, I, I I know he's always talked this way. It really reminded me of of Benicio del Toro, in The Usual Suspects. For anyone who doesn't remember that, the he flip you, he'll yeah, fl- he flip you for real. He flip you for real, guy. Uh, and then the other, another line, which I can't repeat, but people watch that movie and tell me if Diaz
2: has gone full Freddy Finster. That's pretty it's, funny. It's getting there. <laughs> you know, it's crazy throughout all of this. I didn't even make my pick for what's next for Diaz through oh, all yeah. of this, what,
3: you, what do you got? Um, like, okay. So I this think a long let's warn people now. This, we, we told people last week, this is going to be a long one. Yeah. It, it's going to be a long one. It'll be worth it.
2: Yeah. Cause we didn't have a, po- we didn't have a live post fight show to react oh. to all this. So we're just shooting the breeze. We kind of warned you about the ahead of time. I think we sort of have to play the wait and see on July 11th game because it's obvious if Conor McGregor loses to Dustin Poirier, this is, it's a no-brainer. But again, this is wild. I believe Nate has a good chance of fighting the loser of that fight either way. I'm going with that. There's a history with Poirier. Poirier would have no problem going up to 170 to fight Nate. It's essentially a lightweight fight at 170. Those two guys have been circling each other for a while now. I'm going with that. No matter who loses that fight on July 10th, they get Nate next. It doesn't interrupt the flow in a crazy lightweight division, or it doesn't interrupt the flow in a crazy welterweight division. It's just a fight between guys with big names, who are very popular, who have a lot of fans. And for Poirier, like he's probably he'd be so excited. Like that'd be the be- if he loses to Conor McGregor and then he gets to fight Nate Diaz next, that's probably a five-round either co-main event. That could even headline a pay per view if it needs a main event. That's big. That's big. And it could give Poirier that extra rub to maybe get back to a title fight. So, again, the value of Nate Diaz comes into play here that he can boost whoever loses this huge, very important fight on July 10th. So, I think there's a very good chance Nate fights the loser of that fight. If it's Connor, if Connor loses, no doubt about it, that's the fight they make. But if Poirier loses, I still think he can get that fight too.
3: Yeah, yeah. McGregor Diaz, of course, is kind of evergreen trilogy bout which we've been talking about for like five years. I mean, you can book, you can book whenever you want. And Diaz has been saying <laughs> ever since that first Poirier uh, fight was supposed to happen, and you know, it, it, it. it uh, of course, it, it was uh, canceled. That oh, I'm one and a. Uh, I count, I counted as I beat him. He's uh, he's been saying for yeah, I beat Poirier. You, you didn't show up. You didn't show up on fight night. So, uh, so that means I, I beat you. Which uh, again, as we talked about, it. for his fans, there's there's some internal logic to that. But yeah, I I, I like that either fight. Super sellable, uh, and and there's a story to both of them. So uh, yeah, very very logical moves that could be could be next for Nathan.
2: Yes, Nate Diaz, the 2000s version of Nature Boy Ric Flair. <laughs> oh. Yes, the 2000s version. I'm not talking about the 16 time world champion. Yeah, sure, sure. But Flair just putting dudes over, yeah, making making everybody more valuable. And uh, yep. there you go. Bilal Muhammad. Let us not forget the name because we were talking about Nate for so long. Bilal Muhammad gets another win. He beats Damian Maya. Wasn't the most fun fight to watch but I think we sort of expected that to this, play. this fight played out let me just be clear exactly the way I thought it was going to go like Maya was going to get him down Muhammad was going to avoid the submission and then just win the next two rounds and here we are but it appears Damian Maya has had his final fight I'm not here to like push people out the door but at this point I feel like that's probably the right thing to do um, but on the other side it's very difficult to look good against Damian Maya what Gilbert Burns did was super impressive that doesn't happen very often but Bilal goes out there, does what he needs to do. He gets the win. But to me, it's two choices, AK. One, the best choice in my eyes, you give him Neil Magny. I really want to see that fight. I want to see these guys put, put their respective paces on the other. Or the other option, and this probably isn't going to be super uber popular for Bilal, but give him the winner of Sean Brady versus Kevin Lee. But Magny is my pick. What say you?
3: Yeah, Magni was the easy pick for me. Uh, they're 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 right around the same spot in the rankings. They're both guys just amazing cardio. You know, I would love to see that as the five rounder. You know, again, now we sort of talked about this on other shows. Like, I hope a non-main event five rounders become more of a thing. So, I mean, this could be this could be the main event of a fight night. Sure. But even but even in the case where it isn't, pay the guys pay the guys more money for two extra rounds and uh, let's give them the five rounds because. Um, Again, you, I just want to see both. These guys could go ten rounds. You know, Magni and Muhammad are just always in amazing shape, uh, always pushing the pace. We kind of again, we saw that in the Muhammad Maya fight. I mean, he just in a fifteen-minute fight clearly outlasted him. I'll have more to say about that fight later. But uh, yeah, no, I, I'm 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 not going to stray too far from that. Um, I ca- I do kind of like the idea of the Brady Kevin Lee thing, but for me, Neil Magni makes the most sense. Uh, Magny, I know he's uh, he's good to call people out. He's also good to sign on with whatever name they send him. So this is, I think, it's the right the right move to make.
2: We head to the light heavyweight division. It kicked off. The rivalry was real. The heat was there. But Paul Craig, man, just goes out there. Everyone keeps sleeping on this guy. Comes out as a massive underdog, and he brutally stops Shamal Hill with the armbar. He broke his arm, and referee Al Gaini decided, you know what? That arm's, you know, that arm's flopping around, going from side to side, but uh, it's cool. He maybe maybe he can come out of it. Maybe he could beat him with the bone that's loose in his skin, like twenty to thirty seconds, dude. The correct answer is Paul Craig should fight Al Ginei. Like that is the correct answer. <laughs> but it's <laughs> just so we bad. Can't, we I'm can't sorry. we can't approve that sort of. Come on. <laughs> if the commission lets Al Ginei ref, they can certainly approve him to fight Paul Craig. But in all seriousness, like, what do we do with? with with paul craig right now because the guy's on a nice little run right now and that was a big win for him
3: uh well (laughs) you mentioned like the arm flopping around i believe uh paul craig if i translated the paul craig uh scottish accurately i believe he called it uh it felt like a wet fish was flopping around uh on his body so that's nice so that's great that's something you want to feel when you're when you're in the middle of an mma fight um I feel like his next opponent has to be someone from this sort of... And I was surprised that all these guys were unbooked. I swear they had fights booked. From the uh, Volkan, Uzdemir, uh, Alexander, Rakic, uh, Magomed, and Kaleyev cluster. These guys are fights booked. I've i said I want Rakic and Kalaev to fight one another, and that makes the most sense. So that leaves Uzdemir. I think that's the way to go for Paul Craig. Higher-ranking guy. Um, has proven to be a stiff test for everyone at two hundred five. I, I I hesitate. I'm not going to call him gatekeeper yet. I still think Uzdemir has the potential to go on a run and, and maybe fight again for a title someday. Right now, though, he's kind of in that uh, that testing lower ranking guys phase. So I'll go with uh, Craig and Volkan Uzdemir.
2: There's really no wrong answer here. There's it's it's the 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 options are plenty. I'll go with Nikita Krylov. Why not? I think sure. Krylov's a top ten guy. Sure, uh, but there aren't. A lot of bad choices. I feel that worked. You could throw him in there with anybody in the top fifteen and it's fine. Or, you know, if something falls out, you can slot him right in. But the man's a player now. He should definitely get somebody in the top fifteen and uh sending obviously positive vibes to Jamal Hill who somehow didn't oh even gosh. break his arm, dislocated it, popped back into place, which is absolutely unreal. So uh kudos to to Paul Craig, kudos to Jamal Hill and uh the left heavyweight gentlemen. division.
3: Yeah. The headline division division's a little weird right now uh, because those guys, like we said, they're not they're not uh, booked, and some of the big fights that are booked are in like August and like September. There's nothing uh, there's nothing coming up next month, uh, and and when we say August, we mean like 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 second half of August. So it's a bit of a wait before um, you know any some of these other names that Craig might fight will be free, and I don't know how long he wants to wait. So great win for Craig, uh, gruesome win, and uh, yeah, now it's he's kind of uh, he's in an odd position as far as wanting to either take a lower ranking guy to get a quicker turnaround or having to wait till maybe the end of the year to get a because next fight
2: uh and now we head to the wild card round ak and this is going to be interesting i'm very excited to hear what you have to say about this we're going to select a fighter for those who are new to the program that we have not match made for yet and we will do it right now so ak before we go to the peeps and check the tapes and all that fun stuff what who is your wild card selection coming out of ufc 263
3: well I don't want us to pick the same person. So uh, I I went with Lauren Murphy. I'm not sure if you picked Lauren Murphy. I did not pick Lauren Murphy. Well this isn't exactly a wild card pick then because I think it's pretty obvious that Lauren Murphy should get the next friggin' title shot against Valentina Shevchenko. I mean so this I'm I am using my wild card slot to essentially just say what we all already know, but Dana White refuses to promote ahead of time. I understand when Dana White says I'm not making any commitments to matchups now. We do our matchmaking meetings on Tuesday. Blah 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 blah. Standard boilerplate answer. I understand, but you are not. You are. You're not just the UFC president. You are also a promoter. It does not hurt you to throw it. Out. If the fight doesn't happen for whatever reason, that's fine. That's okay. You are a promoter, and you should capitalize on on moments as they happen. Aljamain Sterling right away. He should have been pushing that, you know, the Piotr Jan fight. Uh, fight. We, we said that ad nauseum. Why is he not promoting this? Uh, I, I, I There's negotiation reasons not to promote ahead of time. Of course, he doesn't want to give leverage to the fighter. I understand. Lauren Murphy has been a company woman through and through. I don't think she's going to give the UFC too much crap. I don't think her head's going to be too big or that her team – I shouldn't speak for her and her team. I can't imagine them hassling the UFC too much at the uh, negotiation table even if they're like okay well we know you know we, uh, well he said we're number one so that means we should hold out I, I just I can't I just can't picture that happening so she's done everything she can people can dispute the decision she won that's fine but I believe she's won out won five straight fights she's beaten several top ten opponents does she have a chance against Shevchenko that doesn't matter that's not how we book championship fights you book worthy challengers she is the most worthy challenger at 125 now give her the Valentina Shevchenko
2: fight please I would agree. Uh and let me just say I scored the fight for Lauren. I thought you won the first two rounds. I thought okay. you won the first. I thought Calderwood won the third. Uh but even that was a close round. The second round was just so dominant. Like that yeah. that was the clear cut round of the fight and I know I know 10-8s are hard to come by, but in this new language, you could have you probably could have made an argument for a 10-8 because it was just that dominant, but um I this is I just hate the scoring in general. It's awful and it makes no sense. That a ten-nine round where like you land one extra jab is the same as Lauren Murphy controlling yeah. and dominating around the entire time. It's just stupid. Um for me, AK, I'm giving the proverbial wild card rub to one Brad Riddell. Because okay. that fight with Drew Dober was it was great. It was better than I thought it was gonna be. And I had very high expectations for that fight. And I think they have some of this guy, AK. I really do. And if Adesanya does fight Whitaker in October, which seems like could be the plan, you have to throw Riddell on the same card. So here's where I'm at. And I just decided this maybe 10 minutes ago (laughs) because this fight now, for some reason, makes a ton of sense to me. Let's give Brad Riddell an opportunity. Let's give him Tony Ferguson, man. Give Brad Riddell Tony Ferguson. October gives Ferguson four months Riddell would certainly take that fight, regardless of how many consecutive fights Ferguson has lost. It's the right step back for Ferguson. Like, I know we want to we wanna throw Tony in there with like a a guy coming in off the contender series just to get him a win, but the man has a contract. He makes six figures every fight. He's gotta fight somebody ranked. And I'd like to see a guy like Riddell, who has won seven fights in a row, get a shot. You gotta build up some more contenders. Dan Hooker got some opportunities. Let's get Brad Riddell. That same opportunity. Get him in there with Ferguson and let's just see what he do, what he does. Like I know the popular choice is the Gregor Gillespie fight, rebooking that one. And if they made that, I'm all in on it. But I kinda wanna see Riddell get a step up. And if you throw him on that same car without Adesanya maybe a co made event spot, at least on the main card, I think that's a good thing, man. Like I, I think you're maximizing Ferguson's volume. If Ferguson gets a win, cool. He's back on track. And if Riddell wins, you have another contender in the top fifteen. I think Riddell has a great personality. He's got a great story. Being on with Adesanya doesn't hurt at all. Being part of that city kickboxing team, I'm going with it, man. I'm, I'm ready to take that. To, I'm ready to to take that leap with Brad Riddell after that fight. You're not
3: alone in this. I I definitely saw. I we'll, we'll get to the reader suggestions in a bit. I definitely saw Riddell Ferguson floated down uh, a few times. It's a it's such a fun fight. It is, I think, it makes sense for where they are in their careers. Uh, and man, Riddell, like he's a real—he's really coming up as a sleeper, right? Eh? At, at, uh, at like, I, I had forgotten that he is unbeaten. I don't know why. For some reason, I think—and this is going to sound terrible—just because they're from the same region, I think I kept getting him mixed up with Jamie Mularkey. Uh, so my apologies to Brad Riddell. He is now four and zero in the UFC, ten and one as a pro, and uh, yeah, and it, his biggest win—I think his first win over a ranked opponent. So. Uh, I, I, all I know is uh, all I'll say we also got just a lot of matchup suggestions in general if Diaz was the Diaz and reno clearly the biggest stars Of this card, sorry, the Edwards Diaz and reno clearly the biggest stars of this card Ridell might have been third I'm trying to look at this list. I think Lade, I, I think he's if, if, if anyone who watched the card from top to bottom I'd be surprised if he wasn't the one that um that everyone was talking about the most uh, Even I would say even over his teammate um,
2: Israel Adesanya. Yeah, do we have a check the tapes or a mic check or anything oh. like
3: that? Oh, do we? Oh, do we, Mike? Uh, listen, people said, well, people didn't really care about this matchup, but I'm going to pretend in my head that people were on me for this. I I, I refused to. Uh, 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 Tracy Cortez was a name that was thrown around on a recent episode for uh, who did the who did people want her for? Who who, who were the flyway who fought last week?
2: Um, Fioro. or like um,
3: oh, oh Firo, Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think even people even... Say, who was the other one? Montana oh, 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 De La Rosa. De La Rosa. Lipsky. Some people said Lipsky. So it was, and I said, no. No. Because on this show, I have booked <laughs> her to fight J.G. Aldrich. I, I have made this fight, and, and it is not real yet. But guess what? Reportedly, now, this, it looks like this fight may happen. August 28th. It's not official. It is reported. So, me, me, me. I called that one. That's a fight that I... I don't even know if I really want to see it. I just called it, and I felt very strongly about it. Uh, speaking of uh, Manon Fiorot, Barry O'Reilly called this one last week. He wanted to see Fiorot and Bueno Silva, and amazingly, the fight was ter- she booked a fight days after uh, days after that win over Top of the So Fiorot uh, versus uh, Bueno Silva. I didn't write down the uh, September, so a card in September. sorry, I forgot to write down the exact date here. So yeah, so there, there's the tape check. We're, and look, we're all a team here. We're all a team here.
2: I got one too. Oh. Another women's oh. flyway fight. Oh please. Jessica Andrade is coming back, and she's fighting Cynthia Calvillo. Did you call? You call? I that? sure did. Ak, I,
3: it sounded so familiar. I, 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 only take notes for myself and for the listeners because Mike, I trust you to take your own, uh, uh take to do your own tape checks. It sounded so familiar, and now that you say, I'm like, yes, this must be where it came from. There you go. Um, uh, we're a team. We're a, we're a team. You, me, friends. the listeners, and and the listeners. Barry O'Reilly again. Thank you. So the listeners, we're always we're, guys. Someday we're gonna we're gonna predict like an entire UFC card together. <laughs>
2: I can feel it. I can feel it. We're going we should to do, do that. We should do that. Maybe we'll do. We'll figure that out. I, I'm not, I not, do so, it by accident. that's
3: what I'm saying. I think, I think the we'll light bulb like just popped
2: bat- into my head.
3: Oh, no. OK. Yeah. Okay. Keep that idea. Some, something in the future.
2: Yeah. Something, in the future. Yeah, something in the future. Yeah. Something in the future. I do want to uh, do a reverse mic check because oh. um, the last mic check we had, I kind of went off on our good friend Sammy James, the Heb Hammer. And uh, I will say I met I met Mr. Sammy James in person on wednesday and then i saw him again on friday and uh it was a pleasure it was a pleasure he's part of the uh the bellator pr team and i got to meet him in person and we discussed my rant he thought it was like the greatest thing in the world um so yeah i wanted to give him a shout out good dude fellow new englander and uh very nice guy it was nice to meet him in person and uh obviously kind words to say about you ak he had uh, he
3: had uh, a message for us later, uh, not a message for us, but a mess, a matchmaking message later. So we will we will talk about uh, Sam and he has sent me some very nice messages on DM. He told me how much he loved your rant as well. So, <laughs> so well, but yeah, we'll mention Sam again uh, later as we move on to our uh, we're ready to move on to, to our listeners.
2: Yes, I'm going to fire through these. Okay? So, OK,
3: standard disclaimer, guys, we usually prefer to mention winners unless they're in the main event or title fight. We try to only mention a match more than once, so we're trying to, you know, unique matchups. You've got a unique matchup. You're probably going to get uh, your name mentioned. Uh, a fighter could already book people. Please do your research. Also do your research if maybe you're talking about the wrong weight class. Maybe the two guys fought already recently. You just didn't remember. Someone's maybe injured, and thus, you know, we're just not matching for them. And most importantly, your pick might just be doo-doo, and we do not want to read it.
2: <laughs> Go ahead. Len. All right going right to the instagram dms which you can do at m underscore heck jr uh ronan murphy paul craig worst stoppage i've ever seen almost threw up i've been scarred uh he likes the nikita Krylov idea bilal muhammad versus li Jing liang uh leon edwards obviously for a title but if for some reason he can't and wants to fight again i would like to see the winner of Wonderboy versus burns uh moreno versus askaroff with the sad face uh, but Figgy's his boy. He said Figgy either moves up or fight or fights Garbrandt, and then of course, obviously uh, Adesanya versus Bobby Knuckles. Uh, Brandon Nunez, uh, Hakim Duato versus Shane Burgos. Mavzar Evloev, by the way, another big star of the night uh, versus Bryce Mitchell, or the winner of Ryan Hall versus Ilya Taporia. Oh, so many fun options, man! But Hall versus. Oh man, I just started thinking about Hall versus Oh my god. Okay. That's so sick. Uh Drew Dober versus Ally Quinta or Diego Fajeda. Uh Brad Riddell versus Hafiel Faziv. That's a fun fight. That's a sick fight. Both uh, the, those guys are in pretty similar spots. Fight of
3: the night again. Hey, you want another Fight of the Night award? There you
2: go. Hill versus Crute or Alonzo Menafield. Uh Craig versus Vulcan. Muhammad versus Magni. Uh Figueroa versus Cody. He, Brandon Nunez says do it at 135. I don't agree with that one. Uh, Moreno versus Askaroff, yes. And then uh, Vittori versus the loser of Darren Till versus Derek Brunson. Uh,
3: yeah, I feel like Vittori versus Till has to happen at some point. I think that, that that's Vittori, so like you said, could make for a top top UFC heel. And if he never fights for a title again, he could still make a lot of money uh, with some feuds at, at 185.
2: Uh, Bryant Chambers uh, poppy underscore bryant uh, Riddell gillespie craig kryloff or sirkin another uh, another muhammad Li Jing liang uh, neil's gonna be off magni needs to fight shimaev that's true magni shimaev but for some reason if that fight hasn't been announced yet i don't see it happening which is kind of unfortunate so uh edwards versus he's calling for the title shot edwards versus usman Mm-hmm. Uh, Moreno is kind of the same Or Pantoja if he beats Roy Val, Since he got the win over Moreno Izzy versus Whitaker uh, Figgy could also get the trilogy with Moreno But not right away He needs to take some time off Or get another win uh, Sneakers Flippers Our fan from Italy <laughs> Title oh. matches are quite predictable uh, So he says Edwards should get a title eliminator Against the winner of Wonderboy versus Burns Muhammad versus Michael Chiesa what are your thoughts yeah. on that? Yeah, I, I mean, think,
3: I think it makes a lot. Again, uh, both guys on win streaks. Again, uh, uh, when I say win streak, people, I usually means I'm discounting a no contest. So that's uh, how many is that now for Muhammad? Uh, five straight. Five straight for Muhammad, four straight for Kiesa. Yeah, as far as I know, they're not they're not like best friends or anything, are they? I, I don't think so.
2: Right. I'm not we're not we're not missing some weird some connection that they might have. They're both like on the broadcasting. I'm sure they both respect each yeah. other. Yeah, I'm sure they Muhammad friends. would love that fight. I'm sure Kiesa nope. would not be too thrilled with that one, uh, considering where he's at at this point. Yeah. But uh, he also likes Collier versus Espino, Evloya versus Cub Swanson, uh, Riddell versus Sarukian. What do you think of this one, AK? Although let me just throw out the disclaimer, Diaz has said that his days at one hundred fifty five are behind him, but that is not me. But again, when you have Diaz, it doesn't matter. Nate Diaz versus Michael Chandler. Oh
3: my god, that's so good. That's <laughs> so good. Make that a make that a, make that a one sixty pound catch weight. Who care who gives a who gives a crap?
2: That one What's doesn't the, matter. Yeah.
3: Yeah, why? Why make it? Why even make it 155? Save, save Diaz the the, the the five pounds. I'm sure. I'm sure Chandler doesn't want to cut the, that extra five pounds out. He's not like a big lightweight or anything, but I'm sure he'd love to have an extra burger that week.
2: Uh, Patrick Austin, uh, who always usually he like will make matchups throughout the night. He didn't do that here. He set the tone on Friday and like planted a seed for a matchup. Said, "I've been doing some research. I think Drew Dobler will win, probably by KO." In his last eight fights, he's only lost to Darius Islam, Extremely underrated. And it would be the perfect opponent for Tony Ferguson. That fight would make so much sense for me. It's the perfect step down for the Boogeyman and step up for Dober. So, then he responded with Riddell versus Tony Ferguson. I clearly called that fight wrong. So, there you go. I'm uh, completely in <laughs> agreement with you. Uh, now, we got Harper H. Harper H. Uh, Hooper is way higher than him in the rankings. But Hooper versus Kevin Kroom he likes. After Chase Hooper's loss to Steven Peterson, uh, rebook Hakeem versus Burgos. Brad Riddell versus Grant Dawson. That's a crazy fight. That's a tough fight for Brad Riddell. And a tough fight for Grant. But Grant's only had one fight at 55. I don't like the Gillespie rebooking
3: either. Let's stop throwing these guys in with the grapplers. I don't care to test these guys takedown defense. That's not a concern to me. I just want to see them get... The Drew Dover matchup was so perfect. Both guys you could see just not a care in the world. They're like, he's like, you know, I, I mean, I mean, they did do some wrestling, uh, both of them, but for the most part, they just knew like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to stand <laughs> as long as we can.
2: Uh, Harper likes Figueredo versus Askarov, maybe as a number one contender fight. Um, and he likes Drew Dober versus Dracar Close.
3: What's a, what, what happened to Dracar? Wait, Dracar. Dracar, Dracar? is the one that got shoved uh, by shoved.
2: Stevens, who's still hurt. Yeah. Stevens now has another fight booked. So, so yeah, that's gone. Um, and then Will is the last one that I see here. I'm sure, knowing my luck, all and they're going to come in after the show. It's usually what happens. Um, Will says we need to see Nate Diaz versus Kevin Holland at 170 pounds, and Evloya versus Giga Chakadze. That is such a sick fight, and I'd love to see that <laughs> one. It's just we won't. We probably won't see those two guys square yeah. off unless it's like a number one contender fight or a t- yeah, yeah. title fight at this point i'm
3: fine with it you know me like i love, I love it unbeat, uh, guys uh, unbeaten ufc guys at each other i say screw it just do it but i also you know there's promotional reasons not to for sure yep all right on to you my friend all right well uh first i'll say uh obviously the most cut like this this came up at least probably maybe a dozen times uh adesanya whitaker rematch of course moreno ascarov rematch uh figueredo versus pantoja actually was the most recommended i'm not sure if people forgot that pantoja has a fight coming up or they just assume that he's going to beat uh brandon roy val but either way there's uh oh sorry that was i'm thinking about moreno sorry so i'm getting them mixed up but either way uh people do want to see uh figueredo pantoja which would also be a rematch i believe so there we go sorry that was i should say figueredo versus pantoja 2 Again, Edwards versus Usman. It's just common sense. I, people are they are like me. They're just pretending this Colby thing is not going to happen, even though it probably will. Uh, Balan Muhammad, yeah, a ton of matchups. Uh, Muhammad versus Lee was probably the most popular one. Riddell, I love the Fazeev idea, but I think the one that I saw the most was him and Diego Pajera. Uh Craig versus Krylov was the most popular pick I saw for Craig. Murphy Shevchenko, uh, again was right up there with Adesanya Whitaker too, Moreno Askarov too. So uh, all those kind of these kind of title fights, people seem to believe they're set in stone, and I'm down with that. The one I saw most for Joanne Calderwood was her and Viviane Archio. I like it. Makes a lot of sense. And Ivloyev, a lot of matchups, as you said, one of the biggest stars from the show. Uh yeah, Bryce Mitchell. Ooh, people want to see this Ivloyev, uh thug, nasty Bryce Mitchell matchup, which would just be oh god, the scrambles and the wrestling and the <laughs> just to be so much fun so uh so yeah there's a lot of other popular picks but i'm not going to go over everyone just know guys i, I do see you i you a lot of these picks kind of overlapped i do see you i will credit when it is time to check the tapes should any of these fights happen we had um someone hit us both up on twitter danny danny caps at mule floyd on twitter That's some good suggestions craig versus uh Olexichuk. uh felipe versus maybe the chase sherman Pacquiao winner on august 21st and uh and uh, he said, you know what? He called it hashtag lazy matchmaking, Faris Zium and uh, Terrence McKinney. Yeah, hopefully McKinney's not injured, not out for a long time because I was just thinking <laughs> that stoppage was so quickly, uh, was so quickly, that stoppage was so quickly. That stoppage was so quick, Mike, that Matt Frivola could be back within like two weeks as far as we know. I don't know how badly he was hurt and we might not see McKinney for a year if it turns out that he like tore a ligament or something. That is how, that's how silly. God. Fighters, <laughs> don't jump off the cage all right don't climb the cage don't jump it's it's amazing i get it it looks cool i get you got you got a quick finish like that he must have had so much energy coursing through his body that he need to get rid of i understand don't don't do it don't, don't stay uh, as soon as the fight's over that cage should be electrified and just just no uh i wanted to read out <laughs> oh uh, someone who had a nice thing to say hot take higgins he loves uh Loves our post-fight work. Was a little sad not to see us last night. Don't worry, Hot Take Higgins, we will be back. Um, uh, I'm sure for for another uh, post-fight show. Uh, he said uh, Edwards Uzman for on to the next one. But we know Dana hates Edwards, so it'll never happen. I don't know if he hates him. He doesn't. He doesn't he's not. He's not in love with him. He's not head over heels with what uh, what Edwards brings to the table uh, on fight night. Uh, and uh, our old pal at Mighty Magic Martin. He just said it's been a while. Chaos. He said he'd love to see. Uh, Riddell versus Ferguson so there you go he's one of the, one of uh, a few people who stood it out there but I think he's the first one I saw so definitely definitely Mike you are not off track that's a fight that could certainly happen uh, at Sports London this is a new guy who reached out to me he wants to see Edwards versus uh, he just said Edwards versus Burns Thompson so he probably doesn't care winner or loser one, he's I think one of those two which I can agree with um, though again I'd rather see title fight Craig versus Krue too. I saw a few people mention this one as well. Uh, I remember. I think I said uh, I thought people forgot this match happened, but it, it was almost like two and a half years ago now. So I don't hate it. I don't. I don't think that's that's impossible. And Terence McKinney versus Luis Pena. How do you feel with that. Hmm. People were all over the place with their McKinney picks. Again, again, you know. I mean, it's fine. A, it's fine. When you win a fight in seven seconds, I guess you are going to get a pretty pretty big range of options.
2: McKinney versus, versus Worthy just sounds like all sorts of chaos. Oh, I th- that's yeah,
3: that's down there for sure. Yeah, someone mentioned that for sure. Dustin Gedko, uh, Ibloyev versus, like I said, uh, versus Burgos. Uh, I think that was one you mentioned. And also the zombie Ige loser. How did you feel about that one, Mike? Uh, Ibloyev getting the, the loser of next weekend's main event?
2: Uh, I will have you know that my silver— Had you gone with Brad Riddell and picked that fight, my backup was exactly oh. that.
3: Oh, okay. So you and Dustin Gedko on the same page. Excellent pick. Uh Diaz versus Tony Ferguson.
2: I'm fine with that too. I mean, I don't love it. I it's it's like a fine like, hey, let's go let's let's take a nice trip back to the good old days kind of fight, but I feel like Nate Diaz, aka the most valuable f- fighter in the UFC, does nothing for it doesn't do a whole lot. Like, it helps both fighters in a way, at least for the build of the fight, but in the aftermath, it doesn't provide the value that Nate could provide, like he provided for Leon, like he provided for Mazdal, Connor, Mm -hmm. etc. True. Um, I feel like Tony doesn't get that same rub at this point in his career.
3: Yeah, that's almost like a dream fight that feels like we would have wanted to see that maybe a couple of years ago, as opposed to now, but I don't hate it. And he has a bonus selection. He has a BTL matchmaking. Uh, uh, offer for you, Mike. He won between the links. He wants to see me take on uh, the wonderful Fernanda Pratchett. Uh He said it's very obvious Fernanda was robbed in her debut. She sparkled with counters <laughs> and stunned Jed every time she was in trouble. I pr- and this is kind of insulting to me. I propose this match as Fernanda needs a strong bounce back performance against a respected staple of the company. Which for me, it sounds like I'm being called a, a, a gatekeeper or a journeyman. That's a that's a nice way of saying gatekeeper. Uh, listen, I'm still a contender, or I'm not near my prime yet. Don't worry about the record. Okay, I'm like I'm like Nate Diaz. The record doesn't tell the story. <laughs> uh, and let me tell you something, uh, Fernando Prattas. Uh, I love her to death. She's a she's a dear 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 friend of mine. Mike, if we are matched up on between the links, I will leave her head on a pike. All right, that's all I'm okay. That's all I'm saying. That's I'm just saying. Okay. Wow. A, a dear friend, but you step in that octagon with me. You step into the BTL. Uh, dodecagon with me I'm not sure what the, <laughs> the, the theoretical BTL structure is I will end I you I'll end you I, end you.
2: Um, I would love I, first of all I would love to see that matchup it's second, gonna happen. second of Go. all Jed Mishu, uh was given a heaping pile of humble at the end of between the legs last week because he beat James Lynch and waiting in the wings was the undisputed champ Phoenix Carnavale oh no who entered the fray? What sent a video over to Jed Mishu and said, "Enjoy the win, but I'm back next week, bro." Oh, so oh, baby, the fight, the matchup of all matchups, goes down next week, oh, and then okay. uh, yeah, go. and so then we Jed's, of... we we, th- we threw out the idea of a tag team matchup. Okay, uh, so Jed and Fernanda, were are gonna team up to face Jose and Sean Alshadi. Ooh. And like a tag team BTL matchup, which I'm still trying to figure out the logistics in my brain, uh, but we might try something different. But I will say, uh, as the commissioner of Between the Links, duly noted, I like it and uh, we'll, we'll take it under advisement.
3: By the way, I don't want to make it too many cooks, but you might need a special enforcer for that tag match as well. I'd be happy to back up. I know Casey's and you kind of serve as moderators slash like judges. I'd happy to be there as a special enforcer. Just make sure there's no chicanery.
2: I love uh, it. That's a great idea. You could be the Mike okay. Tyson. In I would the situation. love to be part of,
3: Yes. I, again, I don't. I'm, I'm just gonna be there in the corner in my little video box in the corner, and every now and then I'll chime in. Okay. In case it it's a little too, I'll have. A, I'll bring a whistle. Uh, you mentioned our pal Sammy James, and you finally got to meet in person, and he just said not much of well unsurprisingly he has a bell tour related suggestion he says not much of a fight suggestion but he says uzman and yaroslav Amasov are the two best 170 in the world i don't think edwards has much of a shot against uzman and it's a shame that we won't see the two best fight it out so he's doing a little a little side promotion for a possible crossover fight he would love and i agree i think that'd be a very cool matchup to see um especially what we saw from from Amasov on uh, on friday night so yes sammy james we're, you know, we, we like that idea yeah, uh, Ryan Doherty. Uh, I want. Why did I? Well, I want to shout out Ryan just because Ryan's a, a loyal listener, and <laughs> uh, and he's just down with all the rematches. He just says he's like, look, uh, Moreno Askarov 2, Figueroa, Pantoja 2, Addison uh, Whitaker 2 So, thank you, Ryan Doherty. Javon Johnson is always telling a story. He says so. He says, this, is, this is the Javon Johnson tale this week. He says I don't care that this makes no sense. I want to see Movsar fight Marab Vili. Okay, they're not in the same weight class. I guess Marab could come up. I don't know why he would do that, but he just he said also I want to hear Buffer announce those last names. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how he did with Ivlouev last time. I don't think he did terrible, but I, mean, I, I think he was fine. It. Yeah. And then he said, who else is going to fight Mirab? No one else wants the smoke. I- I'm sure Mostar would accept a fight with him. I just don't know if it makes sense for uh, Mirab to go up and fight. Probably someone who's going to be bigger than him um, and is also a great wrestler. So, uh, Liam Perry always coming in with the hotness. He says, Vittori versus the Till Brunson loser. He says, he says, I can't match for Diaz. He says, we may not <laughs> we may not see him again for two years but Diaz McGregor three would be nice though. This is true. The man is Mercurial. And like I said, as cool as it was that he surprised us by taking the Leon Edwards matchup, we don't know. Is that is that the beginning of a trend, like I said, where he goes to fight guys like Luke, or is he gonna wait for these big fights like a Diaz McGregor three? When will that happen? We don't know.
2: I'm, so, gl- hold on. I- I'm glad I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned it's, that. I'm glad you mentioned that. Because what people do, what a lot of people don't realize, and this just is another point added to my Nate value, Nate, Nate Diaz, the most valuable fighter in the UFC. Oh my gosh, you're, Mike, you're wearing it out. No, listen listen, listen to this though. <laughs> this is this is a true story, uh, and it's been pretty much confirmed across the board. This was not a fight the UFC just went to Nate Diaz with and said, "Here, here's a contract against Leon Edwards. That's not how this went down. Nate Diaz went to the UFC and said, "See this guy that's on a streak right now, this Leon Edwards guy? I want I want him. I want to fight that guy." Nate picked this fight. Serves the value even more so. And I think he knew and and that just shows again he knows what he's doing. He knows if he lo- he knows if he goes 5 rounds with Leon Edwards and doesn't get finished, he wins. He still wins, but so does Leon. So he's helping put this guy over further but also putting himself over. Again, value, 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 MVP, MVP, MVP. You're welcome. I'm gonna t- continue I'm on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna
3: tweet this. I'm gonna tweet this. <laughs> uh, but that is cool, though. He is more sad. Look, he is more savvy than people give him credit for. He likes to. He has always presented the image of the uh, I don't care. Uh, I'm just a fighter. Oh, I don't care about the business side of things. Um, you know, personality. But he's definitely savvy, uh, and I think he should get credit for that. Uh, Eric Anders, if he stays at uh, 205 versus the OSP Maxime Grecian winner from June. Oh, it's on June 26th. I think that'd be cool. Sure. Do you know if the Anders? I know Darren Stewart said he hates cutting down to middleweight, so he might be sticking around two hundred five. Anders has never had an easy time cutting down to one hundred five. Uh, uh, sorry, one eighty five. Excuse me. And he's taking a couple of fights at light heavyweight now. Do you think
2: he sticks around at two hundred five as well? I would like him to. Yeah. I mean, he's he's. It's kind of a different place than he was when he was fighting, you know, Thiago Santos and guys like yeah. that, and getting yeah, yeah, Leo yeah. Machida in main events. Mm-hmm. Like, Anders isn't a top fifteen guy. He's kind of far from it um and he's always he said for a while like he he he's cool bouncing back and forth hmm. i think for the time being he can stay at 205 okay. you know just i think so too don't throw him in there with the top 15 guy no no uh osp would be close though
3: if osp beat i don't know if osp's ranked right now he was you know he was entrenched in the top 15 for quite a while but he's probably out of it now yeah um so yeah that'd be cool that'd be cool if he, if he beat uh if he beat christian yeah, christian would be a good matchup too Sure. Uh, Steven Peterson look we hate the guy missed weight but there's certainly fights he made for him so Liam Perry says uh, <laughs> Stephen Peterson versus Shane Young and then uh, Forrest versus Alan Patrik so be re- recent eye poke victim Alan Patrick, who fingers crossed will avoid a six month suspension he has taken he was uh, diagnosed with, initially with some uh, some sort of damage around the eye um, after getting poked so uh, by uh, Mason Mason Jones He's, how yes. am, I, am, I getting, am I remembering this Mason Jones yeah so uh, fingers crossed he can come back soon JC Rodriguez, shout out to the DR. Uh, Marvin Vittori versus Paul Costa. Yes, I'm so down for it. This matchup you hate, I know, but uh, Fakie versus Garbrandt, 135. Um, Riddell versus Sarukian, he likes that one too. And uh, Terrence McKinney versus Devontae Smith. Oh. There's McKinney really left a big impression on people, and they really want to see him in another fight that ends in like 30 seconds, apparently.
2: <laughs> yeah, actually, you know what? I, I, I got a little... I think I got... Too prematurely excited for that fight. I don't want to see him fight Devontae Smith because I think I I legit okay. feel Devontae Smith is the real deal. I think yeah, he yeah. I think it's just, yeah. He's a guy who could fight for a title at some point. I think he is legit. I think he had the hiccup against Kamal Worthy. There were so many weird things that played. that were there were playing into that fight, like fighting his friend, having three different opponents, weeks mm-hmm. less than a week's notice. The all mm-hmm. the injuries he suffered. Like I feel like Devontae is a legit player at one fifty five, and it's going to take time for him to get there. And Terrence is in a like is in a great place. His stock rose immensely, and I think once people learn more about him, it's going to grow even more. Yeah, yeah, I feel like throwing him in there with a guy like Devante would be would be a big mistake.
3: Yeah, for both of them. Like I said, you either you don't want to stunt McKinney's growth, uh, and also it's not really fair to Devante. I think to throw him in there with uh, one of these uh, a guy who has nothing to lose like K artists. Um, so yeah, fun fight for us. For both fighters, maybe not what's best for them right now. Uh, Jerry McNulty coming in from, from Ireland. He says, uh, I want to reload the message. He said, uh, AK, how are you? Bit of a struggle this week in Ireland here. With the time difference uh watching the card he means and the lockdown the pub the pubs open back up and you know we love drinking so it was a lot harder to stay up for the fights this week so uh he said what a week for uk fighters and uh he wanted to sh- shout out uh, the figgy versus garbrandt matchup but like you he says prefers it at uh 125 i believe that's what i'm reading here yes he said davis should fight cody uh if he can make the weight so there was a bit more there but jerry i hope i hope things are getting better uh, over in ireland Uh, Brett Mobley go Rams as always. Uh, he likes the Vittori versus till Brunson winner Moreno versus Ascarov, but really anyone. he says, he says Moreno versus anyone, any effing where, uh, and then he was giving me some matchups and then said, again, another, one of our, our listeners, uh, too intoxicated, too intoxicated to continue, because of moreno oh intoxicated on life not necessarily on alcohol but please set him up with anyone because he's the best 125er on the planet change my mind well think certainly that's a case for it uh and i think he also mentioned uh diaz versus masvidal too yeah i don't know you know that that's low on my list of of rematches for for diaz if i'm being honest marcus McGahey dubbing this week's ought no, mike these just simply the style bender edition uh, and he came in with Felipe versus the Tuivasa Greg Hardy winner on July 10th. Felipe asked for it. He said, give it to him. Uh, for SCM versus David Tamer, we need to figure out where David Tamer is. I, I should reach out and, and look back because he has not fought since losing to Charles Oliveira. And before that, he was really looking like a contender at 155. So, uh, yeah, I would love to see that fight be booked just so we could get um, Tamer back in, back in action. He did not uh, – he was not happy with Steven Peterson missing weight, Mike. And he says – Peterson versus T.J. Laramie, which he says, this strikes me as a suitable punishment for missing weight. I guess so. It's not like T.J. Laramie's a a killer, but I get it. It's a tough, theoretically, a tough fight um, where, where Peterson would have more to lose than to gain. So I guess that's the
2: punishment idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it yeah. is what it is, man. Maybe yeah. listen, the guy was out. The guy was out for a while. He's never missed weight before. This is this is a tough miss. I get it. Um and he came out and he owned it. He admitted it and said he screwed up and it was a timing thing and he vowed he will it'll never happen again. So I'm willing to give, especially like in this, we're not post pandemic yet. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're getting back to normalcy, but we're not fully there yet. So I'm willing to give fighters the benefit of the doubt in certain situations now, Askar Askarov, I understand why you'd be mad at him because he's fighting Joseph Benavidez. He's he's he was arguably a win away from fighting for the belt. So I understand people who don't want to reward Askarov with a title shot after missing weight. But Peterson being out for eighteen months and you know dealing with some of the injuries and things he's had to come back from, I'm not. It's it stinks, Chase. Got himself a I don't think the weight made a difference in the fight. Chase is probably gonna lose that fight. That fight probably goes no differently. Uh Chase gets a little extra money. Um, and it's bad. We we don't we don't say, yay, Steven Peterson won, you missed weight, but I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. If he misses weight again, we're gonna have a whole different conversation. And the rant I had about Diaz versus Shemayev will probably be extended times three here. Uh just because I just basically Put myself out there in support of Steven Peterson making a mistake owning up to it and making sure it never happens again
3: I don't know why the UFC's response to the to the you know Hooper beating Peter Barrett was to say uh, oh, Rather than downgrade him in competition. Let's put him in there with a 27 fight veteran like what are they? What are they doing with Jay Ch- we, we said last time either it'd be cool if they would let him go back to like sort of this developmental deal and go fight on the regional scene uh, or or bring in guys from the like, contender series who are closer to his experience level to fight him. The Peterson matchup was so bizarre. Twenty seven fight veteran has never been submitted. Why did they? Are they not trying to build up Chase Hooper as I I don't understand. I feel like they're trying to build him up as a star, and the matchmaking is like the exact opposite of that. They're gonna kid. This kid's gonna get hurt. I, I, I know that sounds stupid. He's a fighter. He's gonna get, like. But I mean, his like career trajectory is gonna get seriously hurt if they keep messing around with him like this. So. Matchmakers, I think you've been doing a great job lately. You got to do better with Chase Hooper. I don't know what's going on. Um
2: Yeah, I mean, he's in a he's in a weird place right now, man. Why this matchup? Why this matchup? I don't know what like I I don't even know what what you can do right now. Like I would like I ju- I just don't know. What do you like who makes sense for Chase right now?
3: Again, bring in bring in con- guys who lost on the contender series for him to fight. Bring in guys again, just closer in experience level. I'm not saying bring in pure cans, whatever that means at the UFC level, but there's much more winnable fights than Stephen Peterson and Peter Barrett. Again, I know he beat Peter Barrett, but he was essentially, you know, it was a last seconds, you know, last round submission, right?
2: Like I'm not um, mad. Like if they did Chase Hooper versus TJ Laramie, yeah, that's sure. fine. Like that I think I think sense. that's good matchmaking.
3: That makes more sense
2: but he took a lot of damage in this
3: fight too he took a lot of like heavy ground and pound this is not good he's 21 years old this is not, his brain is still developing i think it's fair to say this is not good for him guys figure this out please um well uh, marcus gay i also want to he, he had some good picks terence mckinney versus uh yancey medeiros demir Hadzovic winner june 26 eric anders versus danilo marquez at herman winner june 26 and uh, muhammad versus ponsinibia which i quite like uh, I got a, quite a few to run here, guys, I to run through here, so I'll try to speed it up a little bit. Andy Bacchera. Shout out to Andy Bequera. Uh Riddell versus Makachev. Again, why are we matching up with Grapplers? I don't know. And then he has an answer to our Hooper question. He says, send Chase Hooper back to the regional scene. And he also wanted to mention that uh, City Kickboxing's Israel Adesanya is now up 2-0 on King's MMA after, uh, after Saturday night, so a little rivalry there. Hayes Bethard. Okay, I don't have to read all the Said, oh, he had a little uh, equation for Usman. He said if Usman is going to fight in the early fall, Edwards should be the fight. If Usman wants to wait, Wonder Boy should get the title shot if he beats Gilbert Burns, and then Leon can fight Colby. I like, I like all that Hayes. I like all that, all of those suggestions. He threw out Craig versus Dominic Reyes. <sighs> Craig would love it. Reyes, that's another. I don't know how we build Reyes back up. I don't feel like Paul Craig is the answer.
2: I actually really... That's a really interesting fight. It's an interesting fight, but they're going in different directions. But that's the fight to make. That's the fight to... Wow. That is is actually the fight to make. Because Uh the one thing we're really concerned about with Dominic Reyes is taking a whole bunch of damage on the feet. Like... Having having those losses, getting knocked out brutally by Jan Boholovic, getting knocked out, like, I don't even know if there's a word that you can use that's like 10 times more than brutally, to Yuri Prohashka. I think Paul Craig, while he poses very interesting threats to finish the fight, that's an interesting fight. He won't, like, it, it'll be more, if he loses, he loses by submission. He doesn't get brutally knocked out. Yeah, he might... He might, you know, break a limb or something or a muscle, like a bone might snap. But I would rather – I don't want to see that happen either. But if, we're, if, if it's see, a choice, see. I'm taking that over getting brutally knocked out for the third straight time.
3: Mike, if he gets his knee shredded by a Paul Craig leg lock, I'm coming to you, sir. I'm coming to your door with some stern words. All right. I don't, you're, But again, I – we, look, you can't protect Dominic Reyes when you get to the level he's at. There's no easy fight. So I, I don't know what the answer is. I, I, I agree. It's not like the worst suggestion, but it just didn't jump out at me. But thank you, Hayes III. Uh, uh, Mike Heck approves. Uh, Barry O'Reilly, our old pal Barry O'Reilly. Uh, what did I like here? Uh, Zium, first, Ziam versus Joel Alvarez. Terrence McKinney versus Ot- Otman azaitar and Mossar <laughs> Ivloev versus Giga. He also said, uh, Mike, he's, he said, excuse my brashness. I want to introduce a new category to the show. This is very brash. What the heck podcast suggestions and he says I don't know why but I really want Mike to interview Jordan Wright. Jordan is kind of interesting. He doesn't have much of a social media presence. I haven't seen him do a lot of interviews when I when I went to look it up. I know our, our pal James Lynch has interviewed him several times. Outside of that, I don't see a lot of Jordan Wright like Interview content? Am I crazy? Is, it, is he is he a private person? I don't, I
2: don't I'm not sure what's going on there. I've interviewed him in the past um, before UFC before the OC. Yeah, this is probably like three yeah. or four years ago. This is before okay. even before the like Contender Series fight. Sure. Um, but every time I've tried to reach out since then, I haven't gotten a response. So I don't know if and it's me I, or if it's just like no, he just doesn't check his social media or what. I have no idea. I don't I even don't, know who manages him at this at this point.
3: I don't think you're the only one. Like I said, when I looked, I saw maybe one or two other interviews, and there was like four four interviews with James Lynch. So uh, I don't think he's doing a lot of media. But I, 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 Barry, I'll, I'm not going to make any promises for Mike. But like I said, Mike said, he's been reaching out to him. And if uh, we can get him on uh, What the Heck, obviously, we'd love to have uh, the Beverly Hills Ninja on that show. So uh, it's it's in the works. It's in the work. Look, it's in the works. It's the, the, ball, the ball is in Jordan's court. <laughs> uh, Thomas Collins. Uh, I want to read out some. Of, he, he always has well thought out things, so uh, bear with me, guys. I'm going to read out. He says Mosar uh, Mosar Ivloyev versus Zombie Danigue. Uh, loser he said Mosar is deserving. Anyone in the top ten, given a streak of featherweight, either of these two off a loss. Ideal option from uh, to fight. I have not chosen uh, Ivloev versus the winner because he thinks that Arnold Allen should get the winner, and he says he is biased towards British fighters. So uh, he also wants Vidal versus Tiago Moises. No matter what happens with Makachev, and he likes. Uh, a fighter who we haven't talked about much, unfortunately, this episode. Uh, but she had a great, a, a, a solid win. Close fight. Pani Kianzad uh, versus loser of Irina Aldana, Yana Kuniskaya. I think this would be a good test for Pani for us to see whether she can become a future contender. And the loser of next month's fight between Aldana and Kuniskaya would help us to establish that. So uh, I agree, Thomas Collins. Well done. Well thought out. Uh, I'm, I'm getting through these guys. Uh, Michael Perigini always with uh, so many good picks. He says Diaz versus Kamzat. He says, I know, I know, Hamzat is the guy we avoid, but the UFC wants to push him so much, and if they want to give him a big name other than Neil Magny, Nate could be the guy to give him a big push. Uh, Radell versus Iaquinta. Uh, Raging out, we just got to get you a fight somewhere. Anders, back at middleweight, versus the Gerald Mearshart versus Mohamed Mordov winner, August 28th. Uh, McKinney versus Mike Davis. He says, after McKinney hurt his knee at the celebration, says, Davis is also healing up from his own injuries. Let's book them at the end of 2021, early 2022. Good thinking. Good oh, thinking. my God. Oh. What a sick fight that is. Good thinking. Uh, Steven Peterson versus Ludovic Klein. Uh, the battle of featherweights with recent weight misses. Uh, Farris-Zion versus Ziem versus Joe Lazan. Too soon. I think a little too soon for Ziem. But Ziem looks good. And, Car- oh, God, this is so much fun. Carlos Felipe and Ben Rothwell. Again, maybe too soon, but... I don't know. I think Ben Ben might do it. And uh, Jake Kleiman came in with suggestions while we were doing the show. Riddell versus Matush Gamrat, and Carlos Felipe versus Juan Espino. No emails this week, guys. But I do. So I got to give some love, though, to my Instagram crew. I know, guys, it's the longest episode ever. But let's go to the Instagram crew here. We got some great suggestions, including two new uh, new contributors, longtime listeners. Bailey Gardner says he's chiming in from the Australian countryside. He likes Fidel versus Ferguson, Mike. He said, looking at the rankings, Brad Sliden at 13 after that win. The next guys above him are all stupid, good grapplers. He says, not a great matchup for him. And Dan Hooker, who's a teammate. So, you, you know, he said, I wanted, I mentioned I wanted Tony to fight backwards before. And he says uh, that that would be a good stand up fight to build Brad's name. So, uh, very true, Bailey Gardner. Well done. Good thinking. Well explained. Um, and uh, I, uh, forgive me, uh, I'm, I'm always bad at pronouncing Irish names, but Kieran, Kieran Colombo. Likes Leon Edwards versus Michael Chiesa. And uh, Paul Craig versus Jimmy Crute, the rematch. So, uh, we got some deep. Matt Bradbury always with these. Uh, Faraz DM versus Claudio Pueyes, uh Steven Peterson versus Landa Venata. Terrence McKinney versus Jim Miller. I don't know if Jim Miller would want to take that. Fight. Not because not Jim Miller couldn't win, but it's just. That's first one with one UFC fight versus some with like 50
2: UFC fights. But Disagree. Uh, we, already know, we already know Jim Miller's <laughs> next fight. He should fight Don Cerrone. In Cerrone's final okay, fight. That's
3: right. Uh, Brandon Haley, I just wanted to read his message uh, about, he says, good champs. He says, this is about good. He's the last new champs, Rose, Charles Oliveira, now Brandon Moreno. He says, I don't know about you guys. He said, it hits you right in the feels watching them achieve their goals after all of their adversities. Another one for the good guys. I, I agree, Brandon. It is always nice to see um, fighters with these personalities that we've become attached to win fights. MMA heads, great suggestions here. Craig versus Misha Sirkonov, Eric Andrews versus Fluffy Hernandez. Terrence McKinney versus Worthy. I know you said before that that's been mentioned. This one, I didn't remember who he was talking about because it's been so long. He said Steven Peterson versus Gracie. And I told you, I'm like, Gracie? I'm like, oh, Kron. Like, Kron, we just haven't seen Kron forever. So this, to me, sounds like a front fight because I think Kron would, would have his way with Peterson on the ground. But, um, yeah, look, we just got to figure out where Kron Gracie is and then we'll talk about it. Uh, Fares Ziam versus Davi Hamos, another guy. I don't know where this guy's at. So MMA uh, think on Instagram. Thank you for reminding me. These guys are in circulation somewhere. And Carlos Felipe versus Andre Arlovsky. I think that fight would be super ugly. And, not <laughs> a fight. and uh, I'm ending with some self-indulgence here because I have a fellow member of the GTA. I don't know exactly where in the greater Toronto area this young man is from, but he did want to shout out Markham. So if he's from Markham, much love from a, a, a neighbor of Mar- a neighborhood around Markham. Of course, much love as well. So this is from, uh, forgive the pronunciation, Nevathan uh, Kuganantham, who likes Davison Figueredo versus Manel Cape. And again, I just want to say this is shout outs to all my peoples in the GTA and uh, thank you for listening, man. So. There we go, Mike. Big, uh, big, I know, big episode this week, guys, but we had to break it down for you. Uh, we, we gave you, we got to give, give you all the listeners, all the um, huge matches we had on this card. Uh, uh, again, reach out to me on Instagram, Alexander KK Lee, or on Twitter, Alexander K Lee. I got no, no emails this week, guys. Come on, fill my email inbox, uh, alex.lee at SBNation.com
2: uh yeah so we uh, first of all we warned you this is gonna be a long edition plus we didn't have a live stream post fight show so mm-hmm. consider it like a combination of the two uh and we appreciate that and listen for those who listen while they do their runs we, we we get a lot of runners who listen to the show guess what we just helped you uh prepare for a marathon now you're now you're gonna run even further don't die God,
3: don't <laughs> die let's break it down to two this is a, this is a two there we go you know what? this is a two runner this episode's a two runner
2: yeah just go 15k Half marathon, we got you covered. Uh, So that's it for this. UFC 263, at least for now, from a matchmaking perspective, is in the books. Join us again next week as we will answer the what's next coming out of UFC Vegas 29, a very interesting main event in the featherweight division. Uh, The Korean zombie Chan Sung Jung, who, by the way... He was on What the Heck last week. You can go back and check out that interview. We'll take on Dan Ige. That is a great fight. Alexio Olenek versus Sergey Spivak is the co-main event, if you can believe that. Very interesting fight. Diego Lima versus Matt Brown. Uh, we got Marlon Vera versus Davey Grant. The rematch there. That's interesting. Tim Means is back fighting Danny Roberts. Verna Jandaroba versus Kanako Marata. Josh Parisian versus Rocky Martinez. Take all my money. Take all of it. Uh, Juliana Rosa is back against Young Woo Choi. Lara Procopio versus Casey O'Neill, Her second UFC appearance. I know a lot of people are excited about that. Uh, we also have a banger to kick things off as well uh, between Matthew Semmelsberger and Chaos Williams. And by the way, AK, we're going to see Joaquin Silva take on a returning fighter, a guy who hasn't competed in a while, and a man who changed his first name added a Y. Rick Glenn is now Ricky Glenn. And this is real. This is a real thing. He is this going by Ricky Glenn.
3: Did he break this to James Lynch? He broke this to James he Lynch. He
2: did, to Robert. the great James Lynch. He's Ricky Glenn
3: now. Uh, I, and I love it. I love it more than anything. Listen, uh, well, I'm reading his Wikipedia now, so I guess his full name, uh, he should add in the middle name, apparently. Ricky Lee. Ricky Lee Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fighter name. Ricky Glenn. Yes. If he added in the Lee, I'd be into it. The Just the Ricky by itself. He's a, uh, he's a 32-year-old man. I love it. We'll tell you, you know what, we'll talk about this more next week's show. We'll talk about this, it's, 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 I, I, this is a whole... Guys, this is at a whole other 15 minutes if I want to go on how I feel about adult Rickies.
2: <laughs> so there you have it. We can't go out better than that, but Matthew Summersberger was Chaos Williams is the opening fight on this card. At least as it looks right now. Absolutely ridiculous. So it should be a lot of fun. But until then, for Alex Kelly, I am Mike Heck. Thank you for listening. Always remember, don't take this stuff too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun. We'll have more fun right here next week on on to the next one. The podcast
1: Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler. Or in West Virginia, visit 1 800Gambler.net. In New York, call 877 8 Y or text HOPENY 467 369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit CCPG.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See slash bball for eligibility